So we're continuing this series, Unstoppable, and how many are glad that it has nothing to do with a train? Yeah, help me Denzel Washington. All right. Anyways, it has to do with unstoppable faith, hope, and love, three ingredients that I believe every follower of Jesus Christ needs. And it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And last week we heard about faith. Uh, Pastor Darren preached about that. He talked about simple faith, saving faith, living faith. Uh, good start to the series. And uh, next week we're going to talk about love. And I know I love love. We're going to talk about hope today. Now, I want to let you know that I had to get a breakthrough on hope. And I got it with Sparkle Conference when I spoke on hope there because I kind of had a wrong understanding of hope. And in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, that I was able to preach a message on hope, which I could base this one on, uh, at Sparkle, because uh, being laid up all week, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, that I've preached this. Maybe they could show the video, and then I watched it. It was so full of sparkle. I was like, that's not going to work. Alan's going to have to preach or something. But uh, I'm glad that I at least have that. So there are some similarities, but I've refined it. But I had to get a breakthrough. I had to get a breakthrough for hope because Hope felt to me, at least the way that I read hope and understood hope, which was not a biblical view of hope, hope felt like a wish. How many know what I'm talking about? Hope felt like, you know, almost like gambling on God. Like, I hope he comes through. Let's hope he does it. Let's hope. And that's how I felt. I felt like it was, it was just gambling and it, it wasn't quite there. And so when I was asked to preach, I, was, I needed a breakthrough because I got faith. I got it with faith preaching. I got it. Love. We got to be full of love. But hope, hope had to take on a new meaning. And I believe it's so important for us to get a biblical understanding of the word of hope. Okay? Uh, because without hope, here's what happens. Without hope, if we don't have the, the right view of hope, I think we're going to live anxious lives. I think we're going to live anxious lives. We're going to be worried about the future. We're going to be anxious. And then what happens when we get anxious, we start to take control. And as we start taking control, we start thinking of our needs. We start thinking of ourselves. We start getting focused on only what we want, we become selfish people because we don't have hope. And if we don't have hope in the right spot and we're selfish and we're inward, how many know that's the opposite of love? If we're gonna be full of love and charity and giving away, if it starts with faith, then it builds with love. And then the Bible says the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, love. The greatest is love. Incidentally, I think the, the greatest being love is because uh, that's the only thing that's left when God appears. You realize that? Our faith becomes sight. Our hope becomes secure. And now all of a sudden love is here. Okay, so we've got to have, though, uh, a proper understanding of hope. And if we don't, if we just keep with that world's definition, which is kind of like chance, like I hope he comes through. I hope it happens. I'll wish for it. I hope it. How many of the world's uh, definition of hope is almost like in the movie of Dumb and Dumber. Don't raise your hand that you saw it, all right? But how many know Jim Carrey, the, he's there, this girl, and he goes, what do you say the odds are that you could be my girlfriend? And she's like, he's like one in a hundred, and she's like, no, more like one in a million. And he's like, so you're saying I got a chance. You know what I mean? That's how the world treats hope, okay? So you're saying we got it, and it's almost like we're idiots for having hope. 
okay? That's not the way the Bible looks at hope. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures for you. They'll be on the screen. 1 Timothy 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Christ Jesus is our hope. He fulfilled the promises and he is our hope. And the Bible says that he's right now seated on the right hand of God the Father. He is our hope. He's so much so our hope. If you look at the word hope in the Bible, 80 times in the Old Testament, hope is used. 50 times in the New Testament, hope is used. But only five times was it used in the Gospels that the word hope, because hope was here. They were talking about hope. Hope was here. So Christ Jesus is our hope. That's important. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to overflow with hope. Hebrews 6, 19 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is supposed to be our anchor. Don't lose this. If we lose hope as our anchor, we will drift around as followers of Jesus Christ. We will drift. We will not fulfill our mission. Hope is an anchor for your soul. And I want to tell you this. In the catacombs in Rome, when they were persecuting the early church and they were killing Christians, they would hide in the catacombs. They were running for their life. The number one symbol that they drew on the walls was an anchor. Not the cross. You might think that they'd draw the cross. It was an anchor. And here's what it was. They were saying, hope is the anchor to my soul. They want to kill me, but I have an anchor to my soul, and it's hope. Now, if you're losing your life, if you're being hunted down, that's not just wishful thinking like, well, I, I hope this is all real. There had to be something to them, and there is something for them, and there's something for us. Hope is very different. A biblical hope is very different. This is what a biblical hope is. It's a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. It rests on God's sure promises and takes a hold of us. Let me read it again. It's a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. It rests on God's sure promises and takes a hold of us. That's why they could say and draw the anchor there. I have an anchor of hope in God. It has taken a hold of me. It's based on his promises. It is a sure expectation of what waits for me up ahead. I am not letting go. It's my anchor. Some of us need to get the anchor back into our life and stop, stop living with hope like this. Like, well, I hope so. I hope God's promises are true. Instead of having a question mark, I think we should have an exclamation say, my hope is in Jesus. My hope is in heaven. My hope is in eternity. Not with a question mark. The easiest way to say the worlds and the churches, the worlds is with a question mark. The church has an exclamation point. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Now when you read the Bible, it's going to seem different. When you read it with an exclamation point, now when you hear a song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, it's not a wish. 
my hope, everything I'm living for is built on what Jesus did on the cross, I have an exclamation point in my life. That is a tool that we need as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, faith is looking forward to that better future, looking forward to what God has for you, living that way because you know that what's up there is good. Now, that sounds a lot like faith to me. So I studied this. I was like, what's the difference between faith and hope? And this is the biggest difference that I found between faith and hope. Faith has, to, faith has the ability to go backwards and forwards. Hope has to look forwards. Does that make sense? Hope has to look at the future. It can't go in reverse. Faith has the ability to go in reverse, be here in the now, and be able to go forward. Hope only can go forward. All right? We used to have a, a truck that we used to park out back, and then we'd pull it down to the corner here at our Apple Valley campus, and it was a big F700, uh, Ford F700 truck. It had a 24-foot box on it, and uh, we had our logo on it, and we had our church time and address and website, because in the city of Apple Valley, it's against the law for churches to put out signs saying this is where our church meets. So we'd put out signs, and then the police would take them, and then we'd put out signs, and the police would take them, and we didn't know it was against the law. And then when we found it's against the law, we thought, well, it's probably not against the law to own a big truck with your sign on it. So we did that. And so we had this big truck with our sign on it. And we used to park it down there uh, by Pilot Knob. We used to park it at an angle. And people thought we were being kind of cool, putting it at an angle and all that. No, the reason we parked the truck at an angle is because our truck only had hope. It had no reverse. So it, you had to go forward. If you tried to put that baby in reverse, it was like... You know, I mean, it would not go. So anybody that pulled it into the building, I was like, oh, all right. It's going to be bad. We're going to have to push it. All right. Because it only was going forward. Hope can only go forward. Hope is what we're looking forward to, but faith can go in reverse. Let me illustrate this. Last week, at all of our campuses, we uh, gave an opportunity for people to give their life to Jesus Christ, and 70 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. They did that by faith. It wasn't hope, it was by faith. Faith that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross covered their sins. And by faith, they believe what he did back there could be applied to them today. And so they raised a hand and said a prayer. That was faith. Now, if they're back in church this week, that is hope. Because now that faith has been applied to their life and they've been given this grace by faith, now they look forward to what God has for them with the hope of Jesus Christ. So faith gets you to, to raise your hand. Hope keeps you coming back. We need hope. We cannot let go of hope. This is so important. Faith opens, hope holds on to. So what does this hope do for us? It's our anchor in our, in our times of storms. When you face struggles, when you face issues, if you don't have hope in a better future, how many know that you will despair and you'll be prone to depression? Because if your future doesn't look good, if you don't believe that what is up there, that what God has promised you is there, you will be prone to depression, despair, discouragement, because you need hope as an anchor to your soul. Matter of fact, when the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament, he's writing all these things, and he's building the church. 
At his time, people did not understand hope. Matter of fact, a contemporary of his, Seneca, said just hope was a, an un, just an evil almost. He said, I don't understand it. I don't understand how people have hope in the future. Look around. Look at this world. It's a mess. Doesn't that sound like today? I mean, if ever the world needed hope, it's right now. I mean, they're begging for us to bring them hope. Others in history, one great philosopher said this, he said, hope is the worst of all evils because it prolongs the torments of man. I disagree with that. Hope is what allows you to go through the bad things. Hope is the anchor that says, I'm not giving up. I'm going to make it. And I agree more with what a famous pastor, A.W. Tozer, said. He said, hope is the music of the whole Bible. It's the heartbeat, the pulse, and the atmosphere of the whole Bible. Now, let me tell you what our hope is, is built on, not just according to the hymn, okay, all right, that we had. But let me tell you what our hope is built on. Our hope is built on two things. Our hope in, in Jesus Christ is built on the promises of God, that when he makes a promise, he keeps his promise, he keeps his promise. So we can have hope in our future because God's the one that made the promises. And because God made the promise, I can have hope for my future because God's good on his word. So that's why I can have hope with an exclamation point when people say, why, do you, why are you so happy when the world's so bad? Because my hope is in the future and my future is based on the promises of God and I'm not about right now. I've got the future that is good with God. I have hope in God because he keeps his promises. Very different than, well, I hope God comes through. We're hopeful and we're filled with hope because of his promises. The second thing is, though, it's because of his grace. Because God has given us grace, we have hope. Because we understand that the hope that's out in front of us is not like a carrot that you might get, that you might not get. He's given it to you because of grace. Now, I just got back from Israel, and you may not know this, but Israel has a very large uh, Muslim population. And... Um, it's surrounded by Muslim nations that all hate Israel, which is amazing to think that all of your neighbors hate you. Um, some of you are like, that's my street, you know, okay, well, they don't want to kill you, you know, all right. But, uh, yeah, somebody just got delivered, all right. <laughs> so I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in these areas, and I'm realizing that there's these Muslims. And I walked around at the Dome of the Rock. I walked it around up there you know, where their, their mosque is, and, and I saw that, and I realized they don't have a hope in the future because they don't have a concept of grace. Think about this. How hopeful would you be with your meeting with God someday if you didn't have grace? Because they're worried, and they're saying, well, my good deeds have to outweigh my bad deeds. If my bad deeds outweigh my good deeds, I'm going down. But if my good deeds, and I don't know, it's all in God's hands, and I'm working really hard, good deeds, bad deeds, I don't know where I'm at. So when you think about the future, that's a terrible day. There's no hope in the future because it's terrible. There's no grace. But when I stand here with grace, I can say I'm looking forward to that day, not because I'm good, but because God has given me grace, 
and because he has covered my sins with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and because of that I can look forward to that day and my future is good because of grace. I know that in me there's no good thing. I know that within me there's all sorts of bad and, and I'm glad that God will not weigh good deeds, bad deeds. I'm glad that it's grace and because of grace I have hope in the future. Man, that's a, a concept. We should realize we have something the world is looking for, they're longing for, they're, they're dying to get a hold of this. We have hope because of grace and because of the promises of God. Now if we have hope and we have this in our life, we started out with faith, we have hope. Now, what should hope do to us? Hope should keep us from getting caught up in this world. Hope should keep us from what I would say materialism. Why? Because my anchor is here. It's not about this world here. My anchor is there. And, and so I'm not going to get caught up in materialism. Because of hope, because I realize I'm going somewhere, my future is bright with Jesus Christ, because of that, I can part with my money. After all, it's not my money anyways. We won't get, no, I'm just a steward of it. I'm taking care of it. Really, God owns it all. But I can joyfully do that because my hope is in the future, not the now. I can gladly give to kingdom builders because my hope is in the future. It's not about now. And if I start, oh, if I start thinking about now, now, and I forget that hope, and that I'm all working towards the future, and God's got better things up there for me, if I forget that it's about heaven, and I let the world steal away heavenly rewards and eternal rewards, and I let them take that hope away from me, I'm going to start living very selfish, very stingy. I'm going to start living for now. But because of hope, I can say, man, do that, take that, do that, let's go. Because of hope, I can live my time differently. I can put down the paper, turn off the TV, open up my Bible, and because of hope, I can read my word and say, God, I want to get to know you more because I have hope in my future. Man, hope is a beautiful thing. It helps us to get just caught up in these things of the world and to realize what we're really living for. Here's another thing, though. Hope keeps us pure. 1 John 3, 3. This one just popped out to me. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, some of us have issues with purity. If you have issues with purity, you need to listen up. When your hope is in Christ, when you're looking forward to what God has for you, you will say no to the temptations of this world when you're focused on what's ahead of you. Let me illustrate this for you. How many know when people are engaged to get married, they go on like a diet cleansing plan? How many know what I'm talking about? Right, Kirk and Kaylee, they're getting married, leading worship, and getting married in about a month. How many, the other day he's working out and doing all this. I said, look at you, you're getting married. He's like, I want to look good. I'm getting married. My wedding date's just many days away. I want to be good. I want to be strong, you know. And, you know, and I've never met a bride yet that's like, I'm getting married. Can I have more donuts? Arr, arr, arr. You know what I mean? They don't do that. Right? So I'm getting married. I'm going to fit in that dress. You bet I'm going to. You know? And you bring them desserts. Do you want something? Nope. Do you want it? No. Get thee behind me. You know I mean? They don't want anything to... Yeah. Right? Why? Because a hope ahead of them of a coming engagement date lets them say no to the temptations of now. Okay? The hope of what God has in front of you should cause you to say no to the things of now. 
You know what? I've got, I've got greater things. God has a better future for me. God has better plans for me. I don't need to fall for that sin. I'm not falling for that. I've already said yes to God. I'm going forward. We can say no to those things that want to tempt us, that want to pull us down. And some of us that are struggling in that area, your, your hope tank is low. Start reading about heaven. Some of you think, well, that won't help me with my purity. Yes, it will. Start reading about heaven. Start reading about eternity. Start realizing that right now is not all you're living for. There's more that you're living for, and it'll fix your eyes on the prize, the author and finisher. Instead of looking around at this stuff, you'll look at what's really important. And when you look at what's really important, when you have your anchor set there, you won't drift so much. Keeps us pure. Another thing it does, it helps us endure the hard things of life. It really does. I mean, having that hope out there helps us endure the pain and the suffering. And man, I just, I just had three days of, of pain and suffering. And, and it was nowhere near what some of you endure and the illnesses that you've had to fight and battle day after day after day. But hope is what keeps you going. Hope, and not wishful thinking hope, Hope knowing that God promised you he will wipe away every tear. Hope knowing that every pain and every sickness and every disease will be wiped away in heaven. Hope that he says, I'll make all things right. A better future helps you endure the pain. And all ladies that had a baby, you know that right there. There's a hope of holding a baby, baby that helps you endure that pain. I remember when I was there when Connor was born, our oldest, and... I was sitting there and watching Becca and she's going through, I've done all the pre, you know, birthing classes and learned the breathing and all that. And she's sitting there and she's going like, <gasps> and I'm like, no, you're supposed to do, <laughs> you know, and she's like, Arr. I was like, yeah, you just breathe any way you want, you know. And I'm thinking, as I'm watching her have, uh, you know, deliver Connor, I'm thinking, we're having one baby. This is it. One baby, one shot only. And I thought, thank the Lord men don't have to do it. You know, and then I'm like, man, don't say that out loud. Okay, and, uh, and then I'm sitting there like, wow, this, this is just, you know, terrible. And, you know, she's having back labor. And so the tennis ball thing I'm trying to do in it, and it's not working. And my mom does it, and it's perfect. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was doing. And they both growl at me, you know. I mean, it was not good, you know. And I'm thinking, again, one baby, this is it. This is it. And all of a sudden, when Connor is born and Becca holds him, the joy of holding him just like overcame all the pain in that moment. And the smile on her face and the joy that was there. And then, of course, I said something really stupid. I was like, that was so easy. We should have another one. And then I growled at myself. You know, I was like, you know. But I realized right then and there, the joy of the better future helps you endure the pain. It's a, it's a wonder. There's got to be something in women that is planted there by God. Because you see a movie, they never show a lady having a baby like, da, 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 burp. oh, here's your baby. You know, it's not that. It's all this, ah, ah, and then they have a baby. So it's amazing that any woman would ever have a baby. <laughs> but it's a preferred future. It's that holding of that child that says, I'll endure the pain for the preferred future. It's the preferred future that God has for you that helps you endure the pain. God has a better future for you. 
God has promises that he will fulfill. They are not wishful thinking. The odds are not one in a million. They are 100% that they are happening. And his promises are true. And so when we are facing struggles, I found this and I want to read it for you because this is just an encouragement. It says, when we're trapped in a tunnel of misery, hope points to the light at the end. When we're overworked and exhausted, hope gives us fresh energy. When we're discouraged, hope lifts our spirits. When we're tempted to quit, hope keeps us going. When we lose our way and confusion blurs the destination, hope dulls the edge of the panic. When we struggle with a crippling disease or a lingering illness, hope helps us persevere beyond the pain. When we fear the worst, hope brings reminders that God is still in control. When we must endure the consequences of bad decisions we've made, hope fuels our recovery. When we find ourselves unemployed, hope tells us we still have a future. When we're forced to sit back and wait, hope gives us the patience to trust. When we feel rejected and abandoned, hope reminds us that we're not alone and that we'll make it. And when we say our final farewell to someone we love, hope in the life beyond gets us through the grief. That's hope. That's not with a question mark. That is with an exclamation point. And I think we need to have a greater dose of hope in our life. I think we need to have a greater dose of a focus on heaven. Sometimes people say, well, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. I disagree with that. I agree way more with what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were those who thought the most of the next world. You aim at heaven, and you get earth thrown in it as well. You aim at earth, and you'll get neither. Man, let's refuel ourselves with hope. Let's realize that hope is out in front of us. Hope is an exclamation point. Reread your Bible with an understanding that hope is in front of you. God's promises are in front of you. You may be in a mess today, but God's hope is in front of you, and it gives you the strength to make it.